Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and you're tuned in to another episode of Who's in the House. Got a special guest with us today. Stick around. Who's in the House? Uh, it's a series of our In the House podcast where we meet the men and women that keep your homes running, safe, comfortable, the the people, the tradespeople that... Uh, Make our homes work, or actually, I guess, fix them when they stop working. I got Sean Yarborough joining me today. Thanks for coming in the studio. Thanks for having me. How you been? Good. Good? Yep. So let's start off. Just introduce yourself for those listening, however you want to introduce yourself. But include (laughs) however you want to do it, as long as you do it the way I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Say whatever you want about yourself, but uh, also include uh, what you do here at Any Hour Services. Okay, well, I'm Sean, and uh, I do um, HVAC service. What does that uh, entail? I fix furnaces and air conditioners. Fix furnaces and air conditioners. Yep. Okay. How long have you been doing that? Um, uh, everything together, about five years. Five years? Yeah. Is it... Are you still uh, learning things, or is it... Like you dialed in and it's like easy now. Always learning. things. Always learning things. Mm-hmm. What is it about the HVAC industry where you're uh, learning things? Is it that the technology changes that like new equipment comes out? What, what is there to learn? Well, yeah, things are always evolving. Um, always new, new technology, new ways of doing things. Um, but you can go to 10,000 homes and the 10,000 and first, you know, the next one is going to be something different than, than you've seen in the past. Um, is a big part of the learning coming across old systems, like the trying to figure out how they used to do things, or are the basics pretty much the same? Uh, the basics are pretty much the same. Um, an old furnace is an old furnace, and a new furnace is a new furnace. There are some unique furnaces out there. Um, that if you've if you've never seen one, then you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> uh, what do you do in those situations? You call Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Dan's been on the show. He knows what's up. Um, well, let's go back. Uh, are you are you from Utah originally? No, no. Where are you from? California. California. What part? Uh, yes. All no. over. <laughs> North or and is south. there a yeah. yes? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know California well enough to nope. know if there's a yes California. Nope. I was born in Southern California. Um, that's where my parents grew up. And uh, and then we moved up to Northern California. Um, I was there till I don't know, 10 or so. And then we moved here to Utah. And then when I was 16, I moved back down to Southern California. Gotcha. Uh, and well, we're in Utah right now. So you were in Southern California at 16. When did you move back to Utah again? Um, well, so that, that's kind of, I was, I was there. Or did California have to extradite you to Utah? (laughs) No, I I was there. Um, I really don't like the winter. Okay. And so it would get cold. Yes. It would get cold here and I I would just head South for the winter. Gotcha. So you travel back and Mm -hmm. forth. Um, now something that I know about you that people might not know about you, but that you, you ride dirt bikes. Mm -hmm. Um, do you do any other kinds of extreme i don't know is dirt bikes extreme sports maybe not to you but for somebody that doesn't like ride motorcycles that seems pretty extreme going up off uh 
launches and things? Yeah. So, um, I, I always get a lot of crap because I have too many hobbies. Uh huh. Um, dirt bikes is definitely the, the longest and my main hobby. Um, but motorcycles in general, you know, uh, Harleys, anything that's fun really all. So, okay. So let's, but are dirt bikes considered an extreme sport? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Do you, okay. So do you do any other extreme sports? Like, are you in it for the adrenaline and you do any kind of like you do base jumping and, and I don't know, other extreme things. (laughs) No, I actually went skydiving three times. Okay. Um, First time was really awesome. Couldn't wait to do it again. Second time was a little nerve wracking. The third time I said, no way I'm doing this again. It's supposed to get better. I thought, (laughs) so tell me what happened. I just, I just got nervous. Uh, The the second time I was a little bit nervous because the time before one of our friends shoot almost didn't open. And one of the, you know, the instructor was like, Oh, I was kind of, I was really nervous up there that I had to cut the line and I was going to have to pull my second shoot. And I was like, crap that stuff actually happens <laughs> i thought they they had fixed everything you yeah, know like it, that it doesn't just, happen anymore right but no it still happens wow yeah so okay so that so your first jump mm-hmm. your buddy next to you like the the chute didn't almost open yeah i didn't know that till we got on the ground sure but. sure uh and then the second time so the second time you were just thinking about like oh mm-hmm. crap uh, this could happen yep and then the third time it's like okay well probability says eventually my shoot's (laughs) not going to open. I'm not taking this chance again. Right. Why did you even want to jump out of an airplane? Doesn't everybody? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. I don't know. I've I've never, like I put myself in the position like and actually thought about like, I think I could bring myself to jump out of an airplane, but I've got zero desire to do it. Yeah. Like I would never pay money to do it. If someone paid me, I mean, the sum would have to get up there. Like, it's not a, I'll give you 10 bucks if you jump out of an airplane. Be like, yo, mm-mm. did you hear Sean? Parachutes don't open sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but uh, okay. So what are your other uh, hobbies besides motorcycles? Oh, man. Hunting, fishing, camping. Um, me and my dad have gotten into off-road trucks off-road trucks yep what is that so like like the ford raptor mm-hmm. you know we we get a group of people together and you know there'll be 20 30 of us and we'll just head out out into the desert and see if how fast we can go and try not to roll them <laughs> have you rolled any no 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 some of our friends have but but we haven't you got friends that don't have very good luck. Yeah. You got parachutes not opening, yeah, right. trucks that are rolling. <laughs> like <laughs> man. Uh all right, cool. So how did you how did you get into um like motorcycles and doing the the dirt bikes and the jump? Do you do more races or stunts like jumping and things like that? Racing. Racing yeah. is yeah, more that, that was that was my kind of my forte. Gotcha. How young did you start? Um man, I think I started riding dirt bikes at eight. Really? Yeah, which is a fairly late start hmm. um, for most people in the racing community. Most people are starting at like three years old. Wow. So three or four. But uh, um, yeah, started when I was eight. Started racing probably when I was 10 or 11. And then uh, just grew from there. So you were 
in California at that time, and then you mm-hmm. end up in Utah. Is there uh, as big a racing dirt bike racing scene in Utah as there is in California? No, no, no. It is it, California is the mecca of motocross. Motocross. Oh, that's what's called motocross. Yep. Motocross. Yeah. Not motocross. Correct. Motocross. <laughs> motocross. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. When you were when you were growing up, did you see yourself like? becoming a technician like a hvac guy no what did you see yourself doing when you were growing up racing dirt bikes oh for for a professional <laughs> yeah. that makes sense like that was all in. i wanted to do yeah yeah my my grandpa didn't like that so um he always tried talking me into becoming a mechanic uh-huh so i can still stay in the sport but not have to you know get hurt and you know that's a good grandpa right um, i didn't listen <laughs> We don't listen to good <laughs> advice when we're young. Um, did, did have you ever been injured? Yeah. Like what? What kind of injuries? Oh man, um, I, I was pretty lucky. I actually get hurt usually worse off the dirt bike. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I I broke my back once, um, and I ended up getting a staph infection in it, and that was probably the worst thing. Um, that one almost killed me. Holy cow! So how long ago was this? Um, that was I was sixteen. Wow. So, so, um, tell, how did that happen? Like you're <laughs> interestingly enough, you're the second person on the show that's broken their back in their sport of choice. Yeah. Well, well, so the funny thing about backs is sometimes the pain won't, you know, you won't notice it uh-huh. for a couple of weeks. And I, I think that's normal for, for some injuries. Um, so it wasn't, obviously anything really bad um just broke a couple nodes i actually um slipped some discs uh i broke and, my uh, back wasn't super bad no. just, <laughs> just a little bit it sounds a lot worse than it really is but um yeah broken back sounds pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> um but uh the the slip discs is what really screwed me up and really? they, they didn't slip like a normal disc would where they slip out of the vertebrae. They actually slipped inside the vertebrae hmm. so they couldn't find them um we had four different doctors tell me that it was um, this thing called Sherman's disease, which they were telling me I had to have these titanium rods in my spine. I might not walk after, you know, a few years. And, uh, we decided that that wasn't the right answer. So we kept looking and, um, and, uh, we finally had a doctor say, no, this is, he's like, I've never seen this before, but this is what's happening. So I, there was no cure for it. And so I started getting back to, um, you know, my life. And I was mountain biking and, and doing other fun stuff. And I crashed mountain biking. Um, be, I really crashed because I was so timid because my back was, was just jacked up at that point. And uh, I got a lot of road rash from the, the crash. And then we went hot tubbing afterwards. Um, you know, I had some friends up in Park City and we were just hanging out, having fun. And I think that's where I got the staph infection. Mm. Um, but it attacked the weakest point in my body, which was my spine. And, uh, it ended up eating the entire disc and went into both vertebrae and encapsulated my spinal cord, which was kind of interesting. It never touched my spinal cord, um, which was really lucky. Um, and and it ended up working out for the better because my spine actually naturally fused itself. So now I don't have really any, any pain or major back problems, which if that didn't happen, I probably still would be hurting how you say it almost killed you Mm -hmm. like what it 
Like, what did that look like? When did you know there was an issue? So <laughs> I even laying in the hospital, I, I had no clue um, that it was that as serious as it was. I was just ready to get back outside and start, you know, playing again. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the we had no idea what it was. Um, you know, it, it got it really got to a point we found the staph infection because um, it had gotten so painful for me to stand up that I would crawl everywhere. I was laying on the couch. I wouldn't, you know, go upstairs to my room to go to bed. I would sleep on the couch. Um, I would crawl to the restroom. Uh, and then, uh, we were, we were planning a trip to go to Lake Powell with my family. And, um, we had a, we knew my back was getting worse. And so we had an appointment for an MRI when we got back from Lake Powell. And my dad was um, supposed to go out of town the week before Lake Powell, and, and uh, he, he didn't or couldn't because he was sick or something like that. I just remember him being frustrated, and he asked me to mow the lawn, and I said, I can't mow the lawn. My, my back is killing me. And he said, no, you need to go out and mow the lawn. And I have a riding lawnmower, so it's not a big deal. So I get out there, crawl out to the lawnmower, <clears throat> and I remember just hitting the smallest bumps would jar my spine. And, um, and I finally just just said, I'm done. I can't do this. I got off the lawnmower, crawled back inside. And I said, dad, I cannot mow the lawn. And so he called the hospital, you know, he's already frustrated at this point. He's frustrated that I can't mow the lawn. Sure. Um, he's trying to work from home, which wasn't really working out at that time. And, uh, and so he called, uh, the hospital and, and basically we forced our way in to get an MRI that day. Um, got the MRI and we didn't even make it home until, or by the time that the doctor called us and said, you need to turn around and get back to the hospital right now. There's something going on. Mm. And so we had no idea what was going on. We went to the hospital, um, just our, our local hospital in American Fork. And they basically said, there's nothing we can do to help you. You need to go up to Salt Lake, up to the uh, primary children's. So we went up there and they ran a whole bunch of tests. And they actually didn't figure out what it was for probably three or four days. Um, they knew it was some sort of infection, but they didn't know what or why. And, um, anyway, they, they ended up extracting everything in the hospital, but, but they, what they had said is it was so close to my spinal cord, which if, if that staph infection hits your spinal cord, that's spinal meningitis or it turns into spinal meningitis, which, you know, you're basically 24 hours and you're done. Wow. And, uh, they said that if we would have waited after Lake Powell, for that MRI to find this, this problem that I probably wouldn't have come home from Lake Powell. Hmm. So it was lucky. Wow. Thanks dad. <laughs> Actually, if dad wouldn't have made you, uh, get out there and mow the lawn. That's right. So thanks dad. <laughs> right. Uh, dads have a way of just, you know, figuring things out. Um, man, that's, that's crazy. So, but, so you don't have any side effects now and you say that uh, your your spine essentially like fused itself together, mm -hmm. so you don't have any pain right now. Is it something where there? Do you have to like be careful with it? Or yeah, I do. Um, anytime I go to a chiropractor, I've got to let them know. Um, if I go to a new chiropractor, they want to do a, you know an X ray to see what's going on exactly, and they got to kind of be a little timid around that area. Mm -hmm. um, Chiropractor, <laughs> but for the most part, it's it's you know, pretty good. I, I, I get back problems, but I think it's the same as anybody else at this point. Is it lower, mid, upper, lower, like lower back? Yep. yep. So it's my L4 and L5. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah. 
Uh, does the L stand for lower? Lumbar. Oh, well, lumbar. I think. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You're probably right. I, yeah. I don't know why a medical doctor would be like, oh, uh, lower back. Yeah, they got to right. give it, gotta give it that something else. That is LB4, else. right? <laughs> lower back four. That would make so much more sense. <laughs> um, okay, so you wanted to be uh, a motocross athlete. That's right. Um, did the spinal injury, like, kind of kill those dreams or at what point did you decide I'm, this isn't what I'm going to do? No, in a way I think it kind of helped. Um, because I was, I was off the bike for probably a year, year and a half, um, which just fueled the fire that much more. Um, all I wanted to do was get back on my dirt bike. So, um, when that was all said, you know, all finished up, I actually, um, the reason I was going down to California was I was living with a trainer down there and, uh, and I was just training every day. Mm. Um, yeah, for, for probably six, seven years. So you, you did go into motocross mm -hmm. and, um, how long did you do that? Are you still doing it? Yeah. So, so I, I actually, I, I can't remember exactly what age I turned pro, um, but then I, I raced on the um, the Supercross circuit, which is kind of like, um, you know, the NFL. Um, so I, Ooh. Um, that so sounds I, fancy. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. We actually raced in uh, in baseball stadiums and football stadiums. You know, raced in the um, the big Cowboy Stadium in in Texas and Wow uh, they, Angels Stadium. They just bring in uh, loads of dirt and create <laughs> a track for yep. you. Did you, ever, so, did you ever do one of those like metal cages where you're just going no, in a loop? No. no. <laughs> so, um, so you did supercross. Uh -huh. Like, are you, I guess, are you still doing it? Are you like, so I, what, are, are you retired? Like you seem <laughs> too young to be able to say I'm retired. From, oh, you'd, you'd be surprised, man. This is, I'm, I'm almost 28 and that's an old age for a supercross rider. Yeah. Wow. Um, but, uh. No, I still do it. I do it a lot more for fun now. Um, you know, I've got to work. I wasn't um, obviously that good um, since I'm. Why is it obvious? You so. you were in the NFL. No, I'm. I'm an HVAC tech now. So sure, but I mean, like there are uh, <laughs> you know there are retired NFL players that sell car insurance. I guess like yeah, I mean that doesn't mean that like they. I didn't make a lot of money. Let's let's just say that. So. Fair enough, um, but, but, but you made it there. Yeah, I did, and and I still do it. I do it a lot more for fun now. Like I said, I, I race a lot of a lot of local, um, you know, kind of fun races, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, and then I I the thing I've been doing the most recently, which is a lot of fun, is a lot of stunt double and stunt work. Really? So that's that's been kind of cool. It uh, keeps me on my dirt bike, and it's easier on, on the body and everything like that. So. <laughs> Being a stunt double is yeah. easier on the body. It is, yeah. I've I've seen those stunt doubles, like that doesn't look like it's easier yeah, on the body because they they have them do the things <laughs> that are the most dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I I you know with the dirt bike stuff, it's nothing's you know they're not asking me to go, if, you know, into a wall or anything like that. So just jump through flames and no, nothing like, like over that, no. semi trucks, <laughs> over helicopters. No, it's just it's like ride your dirt bike from here to here and then park it. Really? <laughs> so no, they, we do a little bit of stuff, you know, some 
So do you, you have a wheelie or something? Do like you have that? an agent like uh, no. that finds your films or how no, do- no, it's, it's all been, um, I've been pretty lucky. It's just people that I know that know somebody looking for, for a, a guy riding a dirt bike. And, um, I, in the past I've done some, um, some photo shoots for some different companies for commercials and, and magazines and stuff like that. And, uh, and so some of these friends knew that I had done some of that and, and that's kind of how I got my foot in the door mm. and, uh, it's still growing. You know, I hope it keeps growing a little bit to where I can, um, you know, do it a couple times a year. You that's know, cool. A couple things. So, so talk to me about like when you knew you were not going to be able to like make motocross a career. Oh man. When did you realize that? I realized it pretty late. <laughs> I was convinced for a while. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's actually kind of funny how I got started working here. I was, um, Wyatt, the owner actually moved into my parents' neighborhood mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they, they were talking and anyways, my parents called when I was down in California training and said, Hey, this, this guy moved in and he was really interested in your story and everything that you're doing. He wants to talk to you. So my first thought was, man, you know, sponsorship. How cool is that? There's a lot of guys in the industry that are sponsored by, you know, plumbing and electrical and HVAC companies. I'm like, yes, I, I might get a sponsor. And he, so anyways, I, I talked to him on the phone and, and he says, yeah, I want to offer you a job when you come home. And I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, I don't, I don't need a job right now. I need, this is my job, you know? So, um, anyways, I, when I came home, I was working on a family farm and, and just kind of, um, you know, helping out with little projects here and there, picking up everything I could. And I decided, you know what, I, I probably should get something a little bit more serious. And so I started working here in the summers, um, installing HVAC equipment. Hmm. And, uh, and then in the winter time, they were, it was really cool situation. They, they let me basically leave all winter and go ride my dirt bike and, you know, all all over the place. Um, so you would work summers here and then winter was when you would, uh, is that naturally, um, motocross season? Like, is that usually when the most stuff is happening? Sort sort of for, for Utah, it is obviously in the summertime, you can ride your dirt bike out here. Um, still not as good as anything, um, in, in California, but, um, but when it snows here, that's just where if you ride dirt bikes and, and you want to take it serious, you just go, you head South, you sure. either go to Texas, Florida, California, um, California, like I said, it's kind of the Mecca. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I would just go down there and that's, that's where the supercross season is, 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 uh, you know, January through beginning of May. Um, and so I would, I would train November, December, and then race in January. Hmm. Um, and then after the, the last race, I would come home and work all summer and then go back. So when you were on the farm figuring I got to do something, um, different or how did you describe it? You need to do something a little more serious, a little more serious. Yeah. Um, were you thinking about other things or was it like, Oh, well this guy's like offering me a job. Like I got one there. I'll just go check it out. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's kind of how it was. It was an opportunity and I, I didn't realize how awesome this company was mm-hmm. at the time. Um, I just thought, you know, maybe it's time I think about being a plumber. I actually, was interviewing as to be a, um, a parts runner so that I can work Here at night. Any hour. Yes. Got yeah. It. 
so that I could work at night. And then during the day I can do my, um, you know, the dirt bike thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was sitting with Wyatt and I said, actually, I've got a question, you know, I've heard there's a shortage of plumbers. Like what, what would it take to become a plumber? He's like, I'm glad you asked. And so we started talking about different avenues and we decided, you know, furnaces are a lot like dirt bikes. I know how to work on dirt bikes. And so, um, HVAC was kind of the, the avenue that would work best for me. And that's where I started. That's awesome. And you say it's about five years ago. Yeah. And had you, had you done any kind of, um, like, were you mechanically minded, um, before that? Like, I'm assuming you worked on your dirt bikes and stuff. Yeah, I, I was, um, you know, I knew how to spin a wrench and that kind of stuff, but you know, furnaces and air conditioners, especially air conditioners are a lot different. There's, you know, no, furnaces are a lot like dirt bikes. There's, they're similar, <laughs> believe it or not. They're <laughs> the similar. exhaust is really hot. Right. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So then you, you get started. Um, what did that, cause you're not in installs anymore, right? Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, uh, at any hour services, we have different departments within. So you've got HVAC installs, then you have uh, the maintenance department, which is HVAC tune-ups. Then you have the service department, which is HVAC, well, service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then from there you can go on and, and be a supervisor mm-hmm. and go and, uh, you know, size systems and, and offer options to people that way, if they're looking for new equipment. So, mm-hmm. so you're not in installs anymore, but talk to me about, uh, being in installs. Are you, you don't leave for the summers now or for the winters now, do you? No. Okay. So, Talk to me about at what point it you went full time. Yeah, so um, so I, I really liked installing. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of long hours, which was kind of hard for me um, with having too many hobbies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, it was hard to you know do the things that I wanted to do in installs, um, and you know the install team I think was was still in the in a learning phase. And so we were, we were working, you know, a lot and, uh, and I, I wanted to move on, you know, I wanted to become work on, you know, fixing the equipment and everything like that. So, um, um, the deal was, you know, because I was, I was leaving, you know, it was hard for me to, or, or hard for, for any hour to, um, I guess put me in, in a, a different position um, in a, in a leader role, right. Uh, because I was leaving for six months at a time. Sure. So they said, you know, if you want to stay here, you know, whenever that is, they, they gave me the choice. Um, then we can move you on to, uh, tune-ups was the next step. And I think that's probably to answer your previous question. That's probably where I decided that it wasn't motocross was not going to be my career anymore. Um, and so I, you know, I, I decided I was going to stay here for the winter work, try and, you know, I, I had some other goals I, you know, um, that I wanted to achieve and I wasn't doing that by racing dirt bikes at the time. And, uh, and so it was time to get a real job. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I decided to stay here the winter, um, was in tune-ups, did that for a couple of years, um, decided that, uh, that this was, at, at the time, it was not the right thing for me. I wanted to... Ex- Tune-ups wasn't? Just HVAC Just in HVAC, okay. Yep. I, th- I thought, uh, you know what? I, I've i got a lot of connections in the industry. I should motocross go in... Motocross industry. In the motocross industry. I should try and 
do something in, in the motocross industry. So I actually left any hour um, to kind of continue racing, stay in the industry. And um, I ended up doing a whole lot of different things. Um, did something happen negative? Like, did you have like a really bad day? And it's like, man, forget <laughs> this. I ain't so, doing crawl spaces no more. <laughs> actually, yes and no. It wasn't here, though. It was uh, it was in the finals um, for Supercross. It was in Las Vegas. Um, I, I didn't do very well. And one of my sponsors was there, and he said, dude, you've, you've got to, like, if you want to make this work, you've got to make it work. You can't be, you know, working during the week in Utah and still try and, because at, at that time when I was working up here um, in, in tune-ups on the weekends, I would drive down to California to go and ride and, and try and train and continue to race while still working. And that did not work. You know, it's, it's one or the other. You've, you've got to take it really serious. Um, and so, um, so he said, you need a job in the industry if you are going to do anything. Somebody that's going to really let you, you know, you can move to California full-time and somebody that's going to let you do that. And so I said, you know what, I, I think you're right. Let me try some different things. Um, so I tried some different things and none of it worked out. I hated it all. And I ended up missing any hour a lot. Um, had no idea what I was going to do. And, um, and I didn't know at the time that I had missed any hour as much as I did, but, uh, I was, I was actually selling cars and I had put in my two weeks selling cars because I was going to go into law enforcement. Um, and Richard, my now boss, he ran into, it's kind of a funny story. He ran into my mom at her work and my mom said, oh, my son used to work at any hour, you know? And, and so Richard said, well, who's your son? And anyways, they got to talking. Richard heard that I, um, wanted a change. And so he showed up to my, my work selling cars and said, Hey, I'd love to have you back. Why don't you come and um, come and check it out again. And so I did, um, I was kind of reluctant at first said, you know, I already left there. I can't go back. Um, and I was lucky enough to actually get hired back on and I've loved it ever since. And I, and I look at that experience when I left as a good thing. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I left, but I'm really glad that I'm back. Mm -hmm. I think I needed to leave to see the, um, you know, the rest of the world and understand what I really had here, um, which, which was a good experience. So, gotcha. So, so when you were trying other things in the, in the motocross industry, mm -hmm. cause like selling cars and law enforcement, yeah. obviously you had decided <laughs> yeah. like, well, there was a okay, transition. that's yeah. not working. Uh, I'm, I guess in my head, I'm trying to figure out like why, um, uh, any hour didn't pop back up. Like, so like, you, you say that like the, the sponsor kind of triggered that move, but mm -hmm. like, were you finding dissatisfaction in the job? Was it like mundane? Like what were you not, uh, liking? You must've not liked any hour enough or what you were doing mm -hmm. that it didn't pop back up and be like, Oh, well I could always go back to any hour. I love that job. Right. So what was, what was the disconnect there? Um, you know what, honestly, it was that it wasn't in the dirt bike industry. Um, that was, that was really all it was, but, but again, neither was selling right, cars, right. <laughs> neither was <laughs> so, law enforcement. So you can't, that's you can't, you gotta like, uh, go deep on this here. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I guess I can't put my finger on, on exactly what it was. Okay. 
Um, the transition was, you know, I, I went and I, did you I was, feel like it was a bad breakup? Like when you left, did no. you be like, ah, I'm out of here. Or did you leave on no, good terms? We left on good terms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, it, everything was good. I just wanted to pursue something different. Gotcha. Um, that's really all it was. And, uh, and I, I actually went into, um, a company that it was more of a lifestyle company. They sell watches, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, or, or they make watches and, and really cool stuff, but they're more of a lifestyle brand. So they were always in, you know, I was always at NASCAR or gotcha. at Supercross or, you know, all, all over the place, different, different events and that kind of stuff. And I really liked that. Um, but it just, you know, wasn't paying the bills. And so I had a friend in the car industry and he was doing really well. And I said, you know what? I think I really like cars. You know, I like sure. cool cars. Um, turns out you don't sell very many cool cars when you're, <laughs> when you're selling cars. It's the Hyundais that really That's move. Right. That's right. So, um, so I went and sold cars for a little bit and, uh, at a couple of dealerships and, and honestly, I, I hated it. It was not for me, but I'm glad I got that, um, that experience out of the way. Um, and, and now it's, it's kind of like, you know, those, those days that you're in the nasty crawl space mm-hmm. dealing with the nasty furnace and, you know, there's four dead cats under there. And you think, man, I should be doing something else. I think I, you know what? I tried something else and it didn't work out and I didn't like it. This is way better than anything else. So Richard comes, finds you, you Mm -hmm. come back uh, a second time. Mm -hmm. So when you left the first time, had you made the transition to tune ups at that point? Okay. So you had gone from installs to doing maintenance. That's right. Uh, Then you leave, Richard goes and finds you. Mm -hmm. uh, And then you come back to check it out. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm assuming the come and check it out part means that like it wasn't an automatic like, oh yeah, sure, I'll come back. So like right. what what uh, what was it that was like, okay, yeah, I, I do I do remember, okay, this is where I want to go. Yeah. Um I think a lot of it was a, a huge part was the structure. Mm. You know, you lose a lot of structure when you're in sales. Sure. Um the structure was really nice. Um, you know, the, Hey, you just, just showing up, you get paid, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, that, that sounded nice at the time. And, uh, and it was also really cool to see that, um, you know, I, I've been in, you know, I, I've worked a bunch of different jobs and there's a lot of, a lot of companies that say, Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that, you know, five years down the road. And, and it never happens. And it was cool to see where I had that break for, it was only about a year and I came back, um, and, and did the tour around here and saw that they did everything that they talked about doing. And it was really cool to see that and, and seeing how people have actually progressed. You know, it's not just this, this pipe dream that, you know, one day you're going to make it into a supervisor role. I actually saw guys that I was working alongside with in those supervisor roles when I came back, which was really cool. Mm. Um, you know, just to know that, that it is possible to move up here and they do hire within, you know, everything, like I said, that they say that they do here, they actually do, Mm. which is really cool. That is cool. So, so you came back, um, you, you said something earlier where you said, um, I missed any hour, but I didn't realize that I missed it. Mm -hmm. So like at what point coming back, did you make that connection? Um, you know, I think it was after that first walkthrough, you know, I was, I was, I was reluctant to do the walkthrough cause I know what that means. It's, you know, it's an interview. Um, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to come to the meeting. I don't want to see anybody. I just want to 
just come and talk, um, you know, talk some numbers, that kind of stuff. And, and so, um, anyways, I came back, sat in the meeting, you know, did the tour <laughs> and, and gotcha. saw, right, <laughs> saw everybody that I, you know, all the friends that I had from before. And I used to come back and say hi to people when I, when I had left, you know, like I said, I left on good terms. Um, and so it was fun to, fun to see that and talk to people. And, um, I, I guess I thought going back to why I didn't, why any hour was not in the, uh, um, the thought process of, of switching industries was probably because I was worried about what everybody was going to think. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had heard of people that have left to go and follow this dream and it never works out and they try and come back. Gotcha. And I decided that I wasn't going to be that guy, you know, I was going to make it work or find something else. And so I was worried that everybody was going to judge me when I came back. Like, you know, Hey, it didn't, didn't work out for you. Did it? You, you came back and, um, and it's rare that they actually let people come back, which is, um, a, another big thing and why I feel really lucky to, sure. to be back. Um, but you know, every, when I came back, everybody was, was so cool and it was just like, I, I had never left. Wow. That's, that's interesting. That, uh, that, that pride, that judgment of like, I don't want to be judged. Right. That's, that's very, uh, that's very interesting. It's, it's cool that you're, uh, self-aware enough to like recognize that, that, uh, that that played into it. I think a lot of us that, that, that keeps us from doing a whole lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, you talk about, uh, the HVAC industry, you didn't see yourself doing it when you were younger. What mm-hmm. do you, what do you, how do you feel about it now? Um, it's great. You know, I, I love doing it. Um, you know, I, I don't know how long I want to be crawling around in crawl spaces, sure. <laughs> but I, I love fixing things. You know, it's, it's fun getting the challenge and, and, you know, diagnosing is, is probably everybody's favorite, but it's, it's a lot of fun to find something that's, that's not working and figure out why it's not working. Mm. Um, and then, you know, helping the customers, um, you know, get it back working again and everything like that. So. What's your favorite part of what you do? Um, you know what? I, I think, I don't know. It, there's so many cool parts about it. Um, I really like meeting a lot of different people, really like seeing, um, you know, different ways of doing things, different ki- kinds of systems, um, different installations and, um, everything. I don't know. You mentioned, uh, four dead cats in a crawl space. Have you come across dead cats in a crawl space? I have. Yeah. The worst, um, I was in a crawl space up in midway under a cabin and it was, it was a nasty cabin. The insulation has, was falling down. So you're swimming through it. Uh, it was really gross. And, And that one, there was a lot of dead animals down there. I'm pretty sure there was a couple of cats, but the worst was right next to the furnace was a dead skunk. Really? Yeah, and it, it wasn't it wasn't very old. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it was fairly fresh. <laughs> it was really gross. Um, you know, in the winter time here, were the customers like smelling that in the house? No, really? no, they had no idea. Wow, they had no idea. Um, yeah, huh. pretty gross what were you out there to do? Like the furnace wasn't working. Yep. Be like, Oh, it's clogged up with <laughs> grossness. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, I mean, it, and it was a nice place too. It was a really nice cabin. Um, you know, it's just underneath in yeah. the winter time, you know, these critters crawl under there because it's warm. Right. 
and out of the elements. And so, and then they get they stuck just down forget there. to crawl out. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned skunk because smells are so interesting to me and the uh, emotion and nostalgia that we like connect. Like if you ever smelt something and it's like familiar for some reason and you're like, uh, like, and it's a positive thing, but you can't like, you don't know exactly like where that's coming from or where you smelt it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, well I grew up in, uh, Louisiana and Georgia. And when I was in Georgia, like during my high school years, I had a friend that, um, he lived next to some chicken houses. And if you've never smelt chicken houses in the summer, it's gross in the South where it's humid and like just disgusting. Like it's, it's one of the grossest smells ever. But anytime we would be driving down that road, he would roll the window down and take a big like sniff and be like, I love that smell. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Ryan church. If you're listening, uh, I never got it, but I have an equally weird. I don't know where the association is coming from, but roadkill skunk. Like, I don't know what it is about that smell, but yep. it's, it's like so, uh, aromatic mm -hmm. and like, I just, I like the smell. Like I wouldn't like, you know, get a candle, right? A, a skunk scented candle, <laughs> but every once in a while. And, and I would say it can't be too fresh either. And I would assume that like being sprayed by a skunk or like whatever the maximum potency of that is mm -hmm. that I, I, I don't think I would like it. Right. But like just driving down a country road and then yeah. just getting it's it's almost like flowers. Oh yeah, for me like oh, oh it smells so good. Yeah, I can see now why you know Pepe Pepe Le Pew was so popular. Yeah, the cat didn't like him. You know it's a, it's weird when you explain it like that, right? But I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm sure everybody does. You know. Yeah. But um, anyway, so for those of you who hate the skunk smell, I get it. I don't understand why. I have that positive association mm -hmm. because now my kids are like me when I was riding with my friend, be like chicken houses. Oh, this is so gross. And my kids are like, Oh dad. Cause I'll roll the windows down oh. and I'll be like, Hmm, somebody's hit a skunk. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, well that that's, that's really cool. Uh, I like how, you know, you talk about the, you know, when you came back, you saw your friends that you were working alongside of who had, progressed in the company and that there is uh, a path for growth here mm -hmm. um, that that if you don't want to necessarily be in crawl spaces your entire life that like there are other things in the HVAC industry where you're still able to help customers take all of your knowledge that you've learned and you know still be able to help people with that but not necessarily have to do as physical a work as mm -hmm. as you you know used to. So, um, what would you say to people that are like maybe thinking about getting into the trades? Like, do you, do you think this is a good path for, for young people that are like wondering what to do that might not know like, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer and do this or, or if they don't know what they're going to do, do you, do you think it's worth getting into? Totally. Yeah. Why? Uh, so many reasons um you don't have to name you them can, all you? <laughs> you know you, you can start start at the bottom you know you can you can be an in installs and, and if you like installs you can stay there um you know there's you can do really well in installs um 
if you want to move on to you know just maintaining the systems you can do that if you want to actually you know do a little bit more service work you can do that there's so many different avenues um you know even in, in plumbing and electrical you know same thing you can be an installation guy um or you can be a a service guy or you can be a supervisor um it's i mean just try it you know if, if you're somewhat mechanically inclined it's you know in my opinion that's the way to go i'm trying to convince my kids that like I don't actually care what you want to do when you grow up, like do, do whatever. But I want you to like go and work at any hour, like pick a trade mm -hmm. and like learn it and like, you know, work your way through school, like do something so that you have that. Because I, I think that a lot of people don't realize how much, how good of a career the trades right. can be. And so even if you can just like get them, get their foot in the door, mm -hmm. even if they step away like you did and they realize like, oh, I actually, you know, I did enjoy that. I did miss it. Actually, tell me this. How much of it do you think was you missed working on furnaces versus you missed working at any hour? Um, well, when I left, there were still a lot of people, you know, family members, close friends that would call me when their furnace would break down. Okay. And I would go and look at it. And a lot of times when I, especially when I would fix it and I, I haven't even looked at a furnace for six months to a year and I was able to figure it out. I was like, man, that's kind of fun doing that. You know, I miss actually fixing this equipment all the time. And, uh, um, so there was a big part there, but I still got a little bit of that fixed by, um, you know, helping some, some friends and family with really minor things. Um, but, uh, I think a huge part was the, the culture here that I missed. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, we haven't done a lot of it in the last year, but the parties and getting to know the other people, um, you know, that, that's, it's, it's, there's no, no other company that I've been to at least that's like that yeah. um, where there actually is a culture like I actually hang out with a lot of these guys that I've met here outside of work um, which is you know like I can't say for a lot of the other industries gotcha now before the show started you mentioned mm -hmm. that uh, you know that there wasn't going to be discovery of you know more Dungeons and Dragons people <laughs> but like is there an underground uh, motocross club no, 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 it's not as no so Dungeons and Dragons is more popular. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> that's cool. Well, <clears throat> I know that, you know, like we discovered, you are worried a little bit of people's judgment, but I don't know if you realize this, but there is a section of the show that we call don't judge me. Yeah, it's a segment. So, <laughs> you know, as we're as we're wrapping up here, it's what I like to go through and do now. It's not as extreme as like, uh, you know, maybe what you're thinking, but I'm just going to give you a bunch of either or options. Don't overthink them. Just like just spit out whatever comes to your head. You up for the challenge or should we skip this? Let's do it. Let's do it. OK, yeah. here we go. Spicy or mild? Spicy. Water or soda? Water. Country or pop? Country. Cats, dogs or skunks? Dogs. <laughs> I added that skunk part because I'm witty like that. Mm -hmm. Not really. Okay. Summer or winter? Summer. Sweet or salty? Ooh, depends on the day. 
Um, today. Uh, salty. Salty, okay. Um, football or basketball? Neither. Neither. Motocross? Dirt bikes. Okay. <laughs> uh, indoor or outdoor? Outdoor. TV or movies? <sighs> Probably TV. Really? Yeah. Uh, Jim and Pam or Dwight and Angela? Ryan and Kelly. Ryan and Kelly. Austin's filling you. Okay. What what tell me what that reference is? Office. Hang on. Oh, all right. Ryan and Kelly. That is we should add that in. That's, that's a that's a bad couple, actually. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I get you. I get you. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. Uh The Bachelor or the Bachelorette? Oh. Neither. <laughs> Please don't make me watch it. <laughs> Well, I don't seek it out, but sometimes at night when my wife is just like, you know, consuming it, it's like, well, I'm not going to leave. It's my bedroom too. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're just kind of like sucked in and it's like, oh, it's well, not what allowed. happens next? It's not allowed in my bedroom. Not allowed in nope. the bedroom. Nope. All right. Well, there you go. Flowers or chocolate? Oh, chocolate. Pizza or burgers? Burgers. Uh, does pineapple have any business being on pizza? Yes. All right, my man. Well, um, thanks for being here. Thanks for going yeah. through. Any any final words, any uh, shout-outs you want to like uh, give to, to people? No. No? All right, well, thanks. Thank you. How, how was it? Like Good. You, like, did, it, did you settle into a rhythm? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't too bad, huh? No. I didn't think so. I thought it was uh, – I didn't think it was bad either is what I was yeah. saying. It was a good show. Cool. Yeah, you know, it was fun. Cool. Well, that's the show. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of In the House. If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson. This has been Sean Yarborough. You've been listening to In the House. See ya.